Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Well, hello, slurds, and welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is a very special segment of Creator Corner. The podcasting slash comic book gods have graced me with a wonderful opportunity. I had the chance to sit down and talk with Kyle Starks. Uh, You may recognize Kyle Starks from such projects as Rick and Morty or Assassination. And plenty of other titles that I found out about during the, the midst of this interview. Needless to say, I was very, 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 very excited to conduct this interview with a uh, multiple-time Eisner-nominated writer. So I really hope you slurds enjoy this one. I know I had a good time picking his brain. So without further ado, I bring to you a Creator Corner segment featuring... Kyle Starks. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm uh, just here and happy to be here. Uh, well, we're I'm happy to have you. That's for sure. That's for sure. I know that you put out a, a, a call and all podcast type of situation. And as soon as I saw that, I think it was like four minutes after the tweet went up. I was like, mine. <laughs> I, I need to talk to this guy. I have so many questions. And here's the opportunity. And then you... you sent me a treat by uh you got this kickstarter thing going on here with old head which we're definitely going to talk so much more about here in a minute but i was i'm going through and i'm reading the pdf and oh man readers are in for (laughs) they're in for something awesome it's 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 full of laughs and just the description that you gave was every i mean between your excitement, just in the the Twitter post and the the description of the book, I knew that this was all right up my alley. So I'm I'm happy to have you on here talking about it, for sure. Awesome, yeah. Let's Sweet. do it. Let's let's do this. But first, I kind of want to I want to pick your brain, kind of figure sure. out what these ideas stem from. And I like to go all the way back to, I mean, what what influenced you as a kid? What what were you reading as a kid? Uh, I mean, I, I rec- I'm old. I'm 42. Uh, I was raised on comics. I definitely, when I started, was reading, like, the most basic uh, comics, like The Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man and Justice League. But it was, like, um, it was, like, the worst eras for all of them. Like, I read Justice League Detroit, and it was when Hulk was trapped in, like, the Netherverse, or the, uh, what was it called? Like, Limbo. It wasn't Limbo. It was called, like, The Crossroads or something. Like, they were terrible. Uh... And, you know, as I got older, then I, I sort of read all the classics as they were coming out. Um, but that was a long time ago, for sure. Yeah, and, so uh, this is before, you know, indie comics were really reigning supreme. They were sort of coming in when I was a teenager. There's a lot more of it. I, like, when I was a late teenager, I think is when, like, the Image guys sort of started their thing. And, pe- like, people were really spreading out away from Big Two. It was really a lot of Big Two. I know there was, like, Strangers in Paradise. And I'm sure, I think... I was working at a comic book store at the time, so I kind of got to read everything, like Eight Ball and Hate and all those. We read everything. Um, but when I was little, like, I was just a dumb little kid. I just read the most basic things. And I think they instilled a love for the, uh, you know, the format, the media. But uh, I don't think until, like, I read, I was reading. I, I, I can see now because when I started, which wasn't that long ago, I've only been doing comics for, like, five years and professionally for three years. Is when people are like, oh, what were your big influences? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, everything but i think for comics if like i had to point fingers at like specific things like um evan dorkin's bill and ted 
um, the Geffen de Mateus run on Justice League. Those things were for as a as someone who does bunny books, uh, gotcha. air quotes. I think those are two. Those are two like hallmarks, and all 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 of both of their Geffen and Dorkin's work are amazing. But I think those two. Like I can look back and go, yeah, I can see the big influence now. But I read everything. I read everything, and the store I worked at had video, so I watched every movie, and we read a ton of books because they'd use bookstore. And uh, I just consumed everything as a teenager. And I don't think I could be like, oh, this one thing uh, had a big effect on me. Obviously, like my first books were '80s action, a lot of '80s action stuff. I love action movies, um, but I love comedies. Uh, and you know, I've I've read I've read everything. I feel like I've read everything. Everything before like two thousand one. Gotcha. Read. Okay. Anything since two thousand one, I don't know if I saw it or read it. I had kids. <laughs> I don't know. Gotcha. Right on. Well, that's definitely kind of what I was trying to figure out what what your comedic references were for sure. I was kind of a back ended way of doing that because you're obviously oh, a comedic yeah. writer. I or mean, the, you you, you yeah, wrote yeah. for Rick and Comedy Morty. Stuff's everything. Yeah, I write the Rick, I've written more Rick and Morty issues than there are episodes of the show. So That's as of crazy. today, I'm the most prolific Rick and Morty creator on the planet. But that'll change. Like the show's coming back, and it'll change at the end of the season. I'll be passed up, and I only get to brag for like a couple months. Um, but comedy, yeah. I think the thing with comedy is like for comedy, it's like man, I, I, everything. Like that working at that store like introduced me to the to uh, to for sure the Marx Brothers. Like I love the Marx Brothers, but also it's like Bill Murray, Steve Martin. Like the '80s and '90s were, were such a magical time for both comedy and Eddie Murphy, uh, Richard Pryor is at the end, like late Richard Pryor, um, uh, Seinfeld. Like I, I mean, like comedy, I love in all forms because the thing about comedy is it's so subjective. It's so, yes. but it's not. I mean, there's good and bad comedy, but it's also subjective. Like what I think is funny is not what you think is funny. And I think for someone who does, who who tries to make fun books that optimally get some sort of response though i'm certainly not doing straight comedy books but i think you have to account that everyone has different tastes so i try to do like low comedy and um higher i don't want to say high comedy but higher comedy the stuff that i think is funny is like also maybe throw a fart joke in maybe put a fart joke in there because uh, someone someone will love that fart joke and that's good fart jokes are good i but i think in comedy like you kind of have to work a range if you want to feel especially in comics because comics it's such a you can you can't set up a pace like you you can but it's not the same as you can't set up a punchline with a rhythm the same way you can talking or with a visual like a more moving visual media you have to do it with panels which is a lot more work um mm -hmm. and that's the secret do more panels if you want to be funny do more panels oh man yeah no that's <laughs> you definitely bust out the beats that's for sure especially after going through and reading old head i'm like man you are you are all about this pan you you that you live by that rule for sure and i i dig it yeah. because it, it it makes the comedy just it's not thin you know i i, I don't like it when you know you have to <laughs> i i don't i want to say really think that's definitely not the right way i'm going with this but uh, I mean, it's it's right there. It's right there for you, and it's all. I mean, the words are there. I, I don't. I'm, I'm doing a terrible job here, but <laughs> no, no. I, so you're saying like the thing is. I think the thing is is like, for like I do stuff like I really like callbacks, um, but I like to do callbacks that aren't being like force fed. Like I don't want to. I don't want to do a callback and then have the character like wink and go like, "Did you get that one?" Right. Like, I think right. callbacks are great, but for a callback, you do have to be paying like a little bit of attention. So I feel like that type of thing really rewards someone who's really investing themselves in my books. And I do it in all of them and I do it over issues. And, um, but like, I also, or some, maybe I'll make a reference that's like, I, in a, you know, you mentioned assassination before this started. Um, I really like doing stuff with sound effects, which became like a weird like hallmark of mine, though I'm in no way leaning into it. But like my, like, I think sound effects could be funny. And sometimes the description of what's happening is fun, can be funny. And so in issue one, I had, I had some guys getting shot and like the sound effect was trauma, right? Uh, which is who made the Toxic Avengers movies. They went, they made a bunch of movies where people's heads blown up. And I made that joke, and I was like, I was like, you know what, my friend, my one friend will think that's funny. And uh, you know, if one, if I have one friend who will laugh, there's probably you know a thousand other people just like him that don't think it's funny. So as, yes. as long as you're not like doing stuff like that, but like, I do stuff like that a lot. Like I don't think trauma is a thinker, but I like to put stuff in there. Like some of it's just for me. And if I think it's funny, then hopefully a thousand other people think it's funny. There's seven and a half billion fucking people, man. Someone's going to think it's funny. And yeah, uh, you're not, absolutely not right. Reading comics, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, well, one, one that's, that's that true. Is 
Well, you, you know that that's very true, but it's podcasts like this is trying to it's trying to grow that audience. By the end of yeah, you know yeah. twenty thirty, that'll be up to ten percent point zero 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 six. You know that's <laughs> it's growing. It is steadily growing. So we 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 know what you are reading, and which is essentially everything. And you know, working in a comic book store uh, my, myself, I I, I understand. Yeah, you want to read everything. You have access to everything, and. Yeah, no, it's 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 nice when you actually establish. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a creator, and I've got all of this back history of knowledge of other stuff that's been written. So I know that I'm not gonna step on anybody's toes or anything like that. So that leads me to my next question: What did you, at what point did you realize that you were writing comics, or even writing in general? Was it comics that you started writing, or were you well, just think you were a kick-ass journal writer? And I mean, no, how did it no, start? No. Uh, I, I got all the way out of comics because, again, that was the 90s. Um, yes. and they were real bad. And I went to college, and I was going to be a fine artist. And I took some creative writing classes because I don't even know why. Um, I was going to be a painter, um, and I drank a lot. And I didn't do any art for a long time after that uh, period. Uh, like, I probably went, what is 2020? I mean, a good 10 years, probably, where I didn't do anything. Okay. Uh, for maybe maybe longer and uh when because i was drinking it's like that's i was working like that those things aren't real those things don't happen which by the way is sort of a a subtext of old head is like the, you always think something's going to happen and it doesn't well at some point you accept it's not going to happen um but for me i had my first kid my first kid's now 11 and i was about to have my second kid who's now nine and when you have your first kid you really realize like how precious your time is and how with a second kid, that time will be gone. And all those years, when I worked in the comic shop and when I was a junior high and I was maybe I would make up dumb characters and like I never did a full comic. I never did a full like 20 page comic. So I was like, well, I'm going to do one before this kid's born and I don't have time to ever even think about it. I made a list of things. And I don't remember what the other things were on the list because I made this comic. It was 180 pages, uh, which is dumb. That's not the way to do it. Um, but I posted it on, online just to be accountable. And some sites picked it up, and uh, people were paying attention to my work, and they were like, oh, you're pretty good. And I was like, oh, well, I found I really, really like doing it. I really like the, the craft of making comics and telling a story with comics. So I did another one, and uh, that, was not, that kickstarted both of those. We're both Kickstarter books. Uh, again, I my fourth one now. Um, I did my second book, which is Sex Castle. Sex Castle went on, uh, Matt Fraction found it at a convention mm -hmm. and put me in touch with Image, and that was really about four years ago. So within the last four years, it's kind of when I started doing all the five years, give or take. Um, it's all new to me, and I never thought I'd be doing it for a living. I never planned to do it for a living, but I love doing it. And uh, I've gotten really lucky to be good enough and reliable enough to get to do it for a living. But it was never my long-term plan at all. I had a good job. I was working at a, at a printing company. Um, I had a good union job. And, you know, they closed that, They just closed the plant. It was the longest, is the most reputable place you could work in my town. It's been in business for 140 years. And, uh, you know, some hedge fund bought it and closed it down. And wife was like, do you think you could make comics for a year? And I was like, I, let's try it. I think we could afford it for a year. And it, it's worked out. But it's never my plan. With writing, I don't know. You know, I think the thing is, for me, is consuming all this pop culture is that I, I've always been very critical about it. And I'll tell you why. And I think it's important whenever someone's very thoughtful and critical about what they're processing, it, it gives me such like my heart just warms because my thing is like if I found something I liked, I want to find other things like that. I want to be able to recognize like that animal in the wild. Right. So like I really spend a lot of time watching things and laughing and enjoying or appreciating them, but taking a like, careful track of why, why was that? Why was that bit effective? Why is this actor a good actor? That actor is a bad actor, et cetera, et cetera. Like I've always been very critical about, ingesting media and i think that's really important most of the time i think there's a lot to be said about just having a good time which is what also i try to do in my books is that i think comics should be fun and i think entertainment should be something when you're done you're like well that was well with my time and enjoyable and that doesn't even mean it needs to be funny but like that's important to me right is that people put it down and they go that was good i that was good i like that yes. and i think a lifetime of doing that of being critical and thoughtful about what i ingested had me sort of subconsciously form all the stuff like it's just inside of me somehow now and i'm letting it out right that's so awesome man that's uh, that's that's cool i mean it's it, no one would ever know 
that you've you've been doing this around five years. This this is <laughs> you're throwing down, dude. You're throwing down. This is great oh, stuff. I, I mean, that, recognized by Image. You got Oni Press. I mean, you're like I said, Rick and Morty. That's that's a big deal. Personally, me. I'm an assassination guy. No, I mean, I, I, I collect, don't get me wrong, I read Rick and Morty for sure, but assassination, that that was, man. <laughs> Can we talk about yeah, a that's... fuck Tarkington? Of course. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Dude, I mean, fuck, come on. fuck Tarkington. That's, uh, uh, when, this, when this year runs down, I'm going to do a, a best of episode, and one of the categories is going to be best new character name. I can already tell you that fuck Tarkington is winning that count. I mean, there's no, there's no contest. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's uh, not just the name too. I thought that the entire, st- the the whole premise of assassination. Uh, you, you read the first, you open up the first page, and you've got this ranking. You're like, damn, I'm about to know all of these. No. <laughs> no. 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 It's real mean. Yeah. Yeah. That was part, of the, and that was part of the plan. Like, you know, I really wanted people. So assassination. I, I don't know if your listeners know. Is about the world's former greatest hitman, who's now a crime boss, as being uh, the target of assassination. So he hires the twenty best assassins to be his bodyguards. And I wanted one for when people to open it up. I've tried to do his little. It's the book's been out for, but when you open it, it has the top twenty listing, like you said. I want people to go, oh man, uh, you know, meat sticks, my guy. I love this list. I love this list. Meat sticks, my guy. I'm gonna ride meat stick through the series. And when people ask me when I was doing promotion leading up and they go, oh, who's your favorite character? I was like, oh, Fernando's my favorite. There's no question. Like, I love Fernando best. Uh, of course, Fernando doesn't make it out of the first issue. Half those guys don't. And I thought, what a treat for those people. And then the next issue would have the new ranking and you'd go, okay, well, I guess, you know, Connie the Tank is my guy now. Mm. Um, and it'd sort of be an ongoing thing where you'd learn by issue three is that everyone's at risk. Like, everyone's at risk and that's part of the story. Uh, I love assassination. Getting to work with Erica was a real treat. She's one of my, I met her basically at the first show I ever did, which was, she didn't really have anything either. So we've kind of done our career sort of parallel to each other and have been good friends for a long time. And I'm glad I got to have her draw people cutting, getting their arms cut off. And she kills it with this art because her art, art style is just so perfect for this type of tone and story that we're getting this you know, I, I don't want to say parodied, but it is, I mean, it's an assassin story that's purely comedy. I mean, yes, it has its oh shit moments for sure, but you're laughing in between all of the oh shits. Like, yeah, and she delivers that beautiful type of cartoony type of style, but it's not your Saturday morning cartoon type of, you know, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. It's perfect. Erica is so good. And, you know, she really, we really like bad 80s action movies and good 80s action movies. So she has an aesthetic for it, but also because she did Squirrel Girl for so many years, she um, she can do the page, like she can do comedy so well that I didn't have to figure out how to sort of like make it. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? So, like uh, I made it so like it was, I didn't have to figure out a way to make it so that anyone could draw the joke because Erica's so good, like she knows how to pace things and her all of her acting, her oh, the physicality of all those characters is funny. Um, she's real good. Like that's a secret. If you want a really good book, though, is to get Erica to draw. I think she's well, one of the best. One of the best in the world. Uh, uh, you know, she. I'm. I'm very impressed. And Image definitely needs to hang on to her. And anyone out there looking for an. I mean, yeah. Yeah, she's they're not going to get her. She's already. She's doing like, like, like Scholastic books or something now. She's. Oh. She's a big time. No one can afford her. I can't afford her. Damn. Damn, well, look at you. We got her while, we got her while she was uh, young and hungry. Now she's... Well, she had, but <laughs> she's we've, been wanting, we've been wanting to work together. We've been wanting to work together. Like, she did Squirrel... I mean, she designed Squirrel Girl. Like, she's a big deal. And she basically just ended Squirrel Girl after four, five years. I don't know how long she was on that book. And before this, these other book deals, we basically had a window that we could finally do something together. And like, this is what... This, this Hitman, Hitman murder book is what we came up with. Oh man, score score for everybody. Everybody wins. That's awesome, man. Uh, so Sex Castle. Let's talk about Sex Castle for a second. Was you say this is uh, <laughs> this was this is a big deal for you right now? Sex Castle. Yeah, Sex Castle is my you know it's my baby. It made my career. It was uh, my first big uh, uh, Kickstarter success. Uh, and that's my, it's my favorite book. I think it's the best book I've done. There's nothing I would change or add to it. 
Uh, it was nominated for an Eisner for Best Humor Publication. It was optioned by the Workaholics and the Russo Brothers before it came out. Uh, I'm really so, proud of that book. And that book made got me Rick and Morty. That book basically made my career. So I have to do something really great to knock it off that number of perch because I, I feel like without that one book, I wouldn't be where I am today. And that, that's awesome that you could still look at your first piece and not, you know, there's so many people out there like, ah, first thing, I, I hate it. No, you, you, you're very, you, you recognize what that book did for you and what it did for your, your career. And uh, it's, uh, that's awesome. That's something I, I mean, I'm, I admit I'm going to have to go back and visit, but uh, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be all over the place with this movie option and everything. Tell me what it's like to have a comic get optioned by a, but I mean, in that, in that type of, aspect i haven't had the chance yeah. to have this conversation yet for with the, anybody for the first so, so sex castle was optioned a long time ago uh, i also everything i've done has been optioned uh kill them all which is an only press book is with paramount right now the first one's very exciting because you feel like now like i now my scott pilgrim is going to happen right like now i've made mm. it and you're, they're going to give me a lot of money they don't um that doesn't happen but you're very excited but i it's it's unlikely anything ever comes of any of these options because uh, they option it, they option everything like it doesn't really mean anything but it sounds good okay. and if it does if it ever does happen I'll be very excited because they'll cut me a big fat check but I've known since the beginning it's like this here's the thing is like for me when they announced that Sex Castle had been optioned for me I knew I'd sell a bunch of books because people go oh they're gonna make a movie of it I hope I'm gonna ruin this on your <laughs> I'm gonna ruin this fucking mystique on your podcast like, no, no, hopefully no. they do hopefully Hopefully they make something out of everything. But for me, what was it's just like if they make if they make the movie, they cut you a very, very, very low six figure check. Okay, which is a lot of. I live in Southern Indiana. Uh, if they made any of these movies, I would be set for years, which would be dope. But I'm not. I'm not rich, right? I just don't have to worry. Um, but if they make that movie, better than that check is they will sell a bunch of books. And yes. selling a bunch of books is where I'll actually make my money. And uh, I know or when I first started, people would be like, oh, are you, what are you doing? Are you writing it? And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. They just took it from me. Like, and they're like, aren't you worried? And I'm like, they can't change my book. Like, if you think about whatever comic you love, like, especially like the Alan Moore stuff, though, he's, you know, uh, his stuff is a little bit more brilliant than mine. But the thing is, like, they can't ever change your book, Alan. You know, like, the book you made is great. And I know you wish it was the movie, but it's just not how things work. But it's like, I don't think I can ruin it. I've always said, like, I gave birth to it. If someone wants to put it through college, if someone wants to give my baby a scholarship, I'm all for it. Gotcha. But anyway, gotcha. it's exciting. The second one, the second one is like, good, I did it again. Give me that very, very, very small check, which is not anything. Like, it's maybe a month's, a month's worth of bills. Gotcha. Maybe two if you have a good agent. So it's exciting. It's thrilling. <laughs> but I bet... I, if you thought of an indie book that was by a semi-reputable publisher that's out right now, I would say there's a 75% chance that someone's optioned in. All of them. Okay. All right. Oh, well, no, that that definitely, that's that's very enlightening for the listeners, for sure. No, 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 I'm sure your numbers are, if not 100% accurate. I think it's close. Damn close, yeah. Right on. Well, no, I, I appreciate that little tidbit of info. I, I, regardless, I'm sure it's exciting. It's got to be exciting. And I mean, how, how does it's that thrilling. announcement come about? You just like you're tagged in a Twitter post. You're like, oh, shit. Or I mean, how does well, that work? Generally, they do like there's like the Hollywood Reporter, which is sort of a generic. And then like maybe like, okay. you know, one of the comics sites pick it up. Uh, and that's what you hope for. It's just like winning the like winning the awards. Like you really want to win the Eisner. I really want to win Eisner at this point because I've been up twice and haven't won. And I'm hoping since Erica did assassination, like we'll finally get that because she has two. I feel like they have to give her another one. Uh, it's like it's really nice, but what happens? Like hopefully you sell a couple books, you know? Like that's the real thing. It's like because I it's more important to me than the money, which is important, obviously, are awards or recognitions. Like I really want as many people as possible to read my books, and I know if they make a movie then you know, 10 times as many people have read my stuff to date will, will, will then go read my books. And that's thrilling to me because I think if you read one of my books, like you, you like Assassination, if you read Kill Them All, Rock Any Mountain, or Sex Castle, and probably Mars Attacks, like you would love those books. Because yes, they're all Mars the same Attacks. Things. Yes, I forgot about yeah. Mars Attacks, man. Yeah. 
I think Mars Attacks is one of the best things I've ever done, but it, there's, it has the stigma of being a weird property that not a lot of people like. And because they don't like it, they're not going to try it. But it's like I've – it's just like Old Head. So Old Head's my book right now, right, which is ostensibly an ex-NBA player fighting Dracula. And people go, like, oh, I don't like basketball. It's like, well, you don't have to like basketball. I'm not making you watch a game. I just have a basketball player fighting Dracula. Like, it's the same thing. It's like I don't like Mars Attacks. It's like, well, we don't have to like Mars Attacks because my thing is to tell a good story irregardless of the trappings of it. And gotcha. that's, that's always my, that's my thing is like, I want interesting characters doing interesting things and I want jokes and I want action and I want a story that moves people in some way. And I, I think I've done that successfully to date and I did it again with Old Head, but I think it's just like Mars Attacks is a great, like Mars Attacks I think is my third best book. I think it's a really incredible book. I got to do it with my best friend, Chris Schweitzer, who's colored Rock Candy Mountain, also nominated for an Eisner. And he's going to color um, Old Head. And he's brilliant. He's a brilliant colorist. He's really amazing at it. It's going to look fantastic. Um, uh, and so he awesome. did all of Mars Attacks. And so it's like I got to make a book with my best friend, who I respect as a peer and a creator. And we made something really great that I don't think a lot of people have ever seen. Which I will always talk about it. Mars Attacks is very good uh, from Dynamite Press. It's very worth your time. Uh, I'm really proud of that book. Is it something that we can uh, pick up and trade? Is there any, uh, is is that available yeah. in trade? Yeah, right on. Yeah, absolutely. You can get right it on. at Amazon or Comixology. Um, uh, if you follow me on Patreon, and there may be some links on there. No one heard that. Um, but oh. yeah, you can. It's worth. It's well worth. It's well worth seeking out. Sweet. I promise. Right on. Well, I, I'm actually a fan of the franchise. I am, but I found out about the book, and I'm a. I'm a. I have OCD completionistism, <laughs> so if I if I catch something late, I wait for a trade. So yes, no, this is something I I love Mars Attacks, man. I had no idea you were involved in that. I'm I'm so stoked. <laughs> Come on, the guy yeah, that wrote Assassination did Mars Attacks. This is a great day. Yeah, it's real oh. good. You're gonna like it a lot. It's the newest one from Dynamite. It's real good. It's oh sweet man, sweet. I'm I'm in. You got me. You got me for sure there. So let's uh, let's get down to well, really the the main reason you decided to come on this podcast. <laughs> it wasn't to get grilled by me, but it was more to get uh to, to I mean let's let's talk old head man. This is yeah no I, you know, I, I, I like I talk all the stuff all the stuff is like I, I feel like you know I'm not I'm not a well known commodity yet in comics, and you know what I, I, this is my fourth Kickstarter, but it's my I don't even know I've done so many books I have a little video it's like I kind of show off a little bit. Like in three years, I've done something like 13 books, like something insane. Um, but I'm not a, a known commodity. So coming on and talking about all these other things, I think is very important because my thing is I thought, oh, you know, my last Kickstarter, I had, I made $24,000. I can do it again real easy. And I'll just say, hey, people trust me. You guys trust me, right? Well, that's, that would be great. But I don't think that's how it really works. Like people still need to be sold. So telling all these other stories about how, where I came from, and I think that's, I think it, it helps people go, oh, this guy's interesting. And or hopefully, I don't know, maybe not. This guy seems not <laughs> um, it's like also like there's like I'm really proud. Like Sex Castle made my career. I think it's very important. If you haven't read Sex Castle, I'd recommend it to anybody. Um, it's a book I, I hand sell the hardest still. Um, assassination. I really thought assassination when it came out, I was hoping, I didn't think, but I was optimistic and hoping. People would read Assassination because of Erica, because Erica's a huge deal. And Skybound is only putting out good books. And people go, oh, I really like this. I wonder what else this person did. Because like I said, I've always grown up being very critical and always looking more at the same thing. Like if, if I go, oh, I really like this book, I will buy another book by that person, right? Because I liked it. Why would I, why would I not seek out more? Um, so I was hoping people would go back and read Sex Castle and Rock Candy Mountain, which were both nominated for awards and seemed like no-brainers. Um, and now here's Old Head. So here we are, Old Head. Holy smokes. We yeah, you, you, uh, <laughs> no, that was great, man. <laughs> no, we, uh, so the way it was, uh, solicited, I would, I don't want to say solicited, but there was a description that came out and you had me at Space Jam. It was Space Jam meets something and it could have been Space Jam meets uh, a tree. And I'm going to fucking read it because I love Space Jam. That was the third movie I ever saw in a theater. Uh -huh. And yeah, no, you, you had me there. So. Yeah, um, Space Jam really... meets what was it now that you said? Fright Night. Fright, Fright Night. Night. Yes, yes. Yeah. Come on now. Um, Come on now. Space Jam meets Fright Night. Yeah. Sold. Tell me about it. Fright Night. Fright Night has a real element of how I think sexual like vampires are. Um, it really it it kind of more than any other movie 
That could be wrong. Someone who really likes Dracula a lot will be like, no, you dummy, these other seven movies. But for me, it's, it's kind of the movie where I was like, man, Dracula's vampires are really sexy, sexy creatures. Um, and that was sort of an influence on it because I wanted to do, I keep doing books on things that I love. Um, I did a wrestling book to start and a bunch of 80s action, basically, movies, like action movies, because I love action movies the best. It's my favorite format. Um, and Rick and Morty I love. So it's like I, to make these things. So I really love basketball trying to figure it out, like um, – is that I watched Fright Night and it was sort of the thing that clicked. And Space Jam, because Space Jam's a basketball movie, but it's not about basket. Like if you took the basketball off and had Michael Jordan hanging out with the Looney Tunes doing anything else, it still would have been great, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if they were fighting the stars with like laser beams, it'd still be great, I think. Um, yeah. I'm not for sure how how much of an effect on like the uh, the 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 masses that Michael's secret sauce may have had. I feel like maybe greater than anyone's giving credit. Um, but that's my thing is like these people will get this like it's it's something that's vaguely basketball for something that's vaguely horror. Um, but you know my thing is always to, like I said earlier is like I want to tell stories that the story is more important than whatever skin is on it. And uh, if the story's good, you can put any skin on it. I love basketball and I want to put a basketball player in it. Uh, so anyway, so what it's about is it's, it's about an ex pro NBA basketball player who was known for being a goon and not much else. He was not a great basketball player. Uh, he was not a starter. Um, but he was known for being very tough, and he's since retired and feels yeah, he, he never like a seven, Yeah, like a 17-year career on the bench or something like that. 13, yeah, he, played, he played for a long time. Yeah, he played for a long time, um, which is impressive. Like, that's part of it, too, which also I, I sort of reference, like, you you know, in the, his thing was he always thought he was going to be great, but he just ended up being someone who did something that to you or I is amazing, right? Like, what an achievement. Right. Um, like, what's his, what's his legacy? And, you know, that sort of the legacy and destiny aspects of it are the part that I was really, plus being a parent, I think it's very difficult and being, a, looking at your parents as an adult, as a parent, which plays into it, um, and destiny and legacy, all that stuff plays into this ultimately, you know, action comedy romp about a guy punching monsters. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested in legacy. I have daughters. And so I leaned into that. Um, and it's ultimately it's about, you know, it's that little kid who who thought, well, I I could make comics one day and doesn't, but maybe you kind of do. It's like where's where's your sort of dreams pay off, and at what point do we stop thinking about them? Um, except also with Dracula's and slam dunks. <laughs> but that's not great. It's real. I love it, and you funny. illustrated this. You, you the, yeah, yeah. You, I, is this yeah, your I, I probably, uh, your first time illustrating cartoon. something? No, no. I started as a sex castle. Sex castle. Okay. Kill them all. Uh, oh. A couple issues of Rick and Morty. I drew. I drew like every fifth Rick and Morty issue when I started. No shit. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a cartoonist. I'm a cartoon. I'm a Eisner nominated cartoonist. Um, but my writing is definitely greater than my art. I think my art's very serviceable. I think when Chris colors it, it looks amazing, um, which is why he's doing it again because it makes all the difference in the world. Um, but no, it's not, I've, I've done it for a while, but I haven't done it for a long time and I missed it. So it's like, I'm going to do this book old head, which was actually going to be my second book. Um, but I got a little freaked out doing a very, very weird book, which is what it, the pacing is a little bit different than it. it you know, I, there's a reason why it's not a monthly book is because there's, there's a long setup to sort of, then it, it, it's like, hurry up and wait for the action. And then a bunch of payoffs from everything you sort of sat through. Um, and you can't do that in a monthly book. Um, and I don't think you could ask someone to do that for your second book. Uh, so here I am, you know, what, three years later, um, and I've built an expectation for my work. And I think this is just more of the good same. That's awesome, man. Well, I know readers definitely appreciate not getting strung along like that. Because, I mean, it, it's definitely frustrating as a reader when even if the payoff is great, I mean, five months to get to that payoff on a six-issue type of gig, thats it's still frustrating in the end. I mean, it's not very often that the payoff is worth six months of buildup. Right, yeah, yeah. I just think, like, the first, it's a little expository, I feel like. But I, the thing is, like, when you're, when you're going through that journey of setting up the big action that's going to come later, the big climactic confrontation, like, to make it enjoyable, and I, I definitely do that. I feel like an old head. Um, but it's a different pacing. So I wanted to do an OGN, which is how I got started. And uh, I want to do another one after this. Hopefully, I hope this is a huge success so I can do uh, what I my next plan. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been drawing. I've, been, I've done it for a while. I'm not the best in the world, um, but it's serviceable. And I think it fits my storytelling because it has an energy to it. 
it's dynamic yes. if no not, it's perfect. If not it's anatomically correct it's it's great for old head for sure and like i said you know i ha- i haven't read rock candy or uh uh was it rock yeah. candy mountain yeah uh, um yeah, yeah or uh, is, or sex castle and i'm going to yeah you absolutely should. i think i think rock candy mountain's like half off on uh comicsology right now i think they're doing a big image sale sweet right on man yeah. right on well um <laughs> uh i i knowing that you you illustrate as well because that was the thing is you know i i I would thought i was interviewing a writer and then you sent me this email okay i just see the the credit for kyle starks (laughs) but i don't see any other credits and because i mean you you sent me uh the non-colored version so yeah i mean it's just so the listeners know the the, you didn't not credit the color artist it hasn't been colored yet no no he's yeah part of the funding is that he's gonna be colored he's it's gonna be colored by my friend chris which right I need to. I'm going to update the. Uh, I'm going to update the. Because uh, apparently some people weren't quite. They thought it would be black and. Uh, thought it would be black and white. It's nice. It'll be full color. It's going to look amazing. It's going to be look amazing. So we're well, going to some. He's doing. He's doing some test stuff right now. I'm going to update, and put out like a little campaign update to show the current backers of Old Head on Kickstarter running through November second, uh, to see what it'll look like when it's colored. But that's part of this is is that uh, so I can afford to pay. Colors are really expensive. I mean, I'm I'm lucky because I can write and draw. I can make. I can make the thing by myself, and I can I can do black and white, which I've done in the past. But like people don't like black and white; they like color, and I like color. So it's like a, it's like we had to do the Kickstarter to pay, uh, and to make the book exist. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be so good. I promise it's so good. Oh no! I mean, just based off your enthusiasm alone, and like I said, Space Jam meets Fright Night. Come on, a- a- any anybody that's in- anywhere in the realm of my generation is going to be all over that. All over that, and uh, like I said, I had the opportunity, and I per- it's not that I, I mean, I read the first, I, I'd say 30 pages, and then I realized, you know, oh shit, this is the whole thing. Now, I want to, I, I want to make sure that when I read it in, in completion, that it is in color, and I wanted to make sure that I asked you, you know, before I continued on, if it was going to be colored, and hearing that this is going to be colored is just it makes it just so, I mean, ugh, it brings it to another level. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, um, it'd be great, man. Yes. Uh, so Kickstarter, uh, I, I know. I mean, yeah. Ha- obviously, I'm I'm backing it. I'm gonna post links and all of that stuff in in descriptions of this show for sure. I, I mean, I'm gonna champion your cause. What, what uh, this this Thanks. podcast is gonna air on Sunday, so you probably have what a close to uh, three two weeks left. Two weeks left uh, on the Kickstarter, uh, it, but around Sunday. On Sunday, was that four days from now? Yeah, five days from now. There'll be there'll be twelve days left. Okay. All right. So yeah, we're still so plenty of time for, for for my listeners to hop on this for sure. For you sure, know I know. Like, you know they will, man. You know they will. I hope so. I hope so. That's so what I'm here for. yes. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I mean, you've you've definitely enlightened so many people. I, I mean, if not any any of my listeners, myself for sure. I, this is a you you you're on a a different level than I've talked to with a, with other interviews and everything. You've got different stuff going for you, and you went about things in different ways. And that's the beautiful thing about all this is everybody has mm-hmm. their own story. You know, Everyone you does, yeah. you, you kind of have that. I mean, I, I I I please don't take this the wrong way, but like the Jed Clampett story, you had things going, and then you struck oil, and you're like, oh shit, you mean I could go do this? And all right, cool, I'm gonna go do th- this instead. <laughs> and I mean, for, for that, sure. You, so I did a I did a uh, Jason Latour has a Jason Latour who did uh, Southern Bastards and co-created Spider Gwen has a, a YouTube show called The Draw, and uh, he interviewed everyone he knew, uh, and we did an interview long long ago, and he was like, it's wild to him that I, this isn't what I've always been trying because that's all he, all he ever wanted to do is make comics, so he he figured out how to be someone who made comics right, so it's like everyone has a different everyone who's doing comics professionally successfully has a different story for how they got there um i love comics i was raised on comics but i just never you know i was like i said i spent a lot of time in bars and i didn't think about uh creative outlets or anything like that so yeah i felt i mean i i don't i'm not offended like i i sort of fell into it but i think also it's like you know you take the opportunities that come to you because writing comics is a lot more fun than punching a time clock Mm-hmm. Um, though it's just it, though it's this, there's a, a lot of stressful work to it also um but yeah i mean like i i just found something very late in life that i really loved doing and was able to to make this lucky pivot uh yeah it's wild it's wild 
That's so awesome. So have you even had the time to even think about what your 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 goals in the, the comic book industry are? Because, I mean, it's still all so new to you. I mean, are you still just soaking it all in, or do you do you have further aspirations in the industry? Um, here's what I – because this is a question you hear a lot, especially at shows and amongst, like, peers. And, always, you know, someone's, someone is, oh, man, you know, I'd love to draw Daredevil one day, or I'd love to write Batman. My goal – is to be doing this for five more years yeah. and then in five more years my goal is to be doing it five more years and there's a lot of things i'd like to happen i'd love to win an eisner i'd love to have a book that's sold and was read by everybody uh i'd love to have that movie but ultimately like if i can just keep doing this then at the level i'm doing it right now like that would be pretty pretty great that'd be pretty astounding for me that's uh, that's awesome, man. That's that, that that's those are definitely the answers that I mean I as a fan want to hear because I don't want to hear the, you know I oh I'm just you know I, I'm done, <laughs> you know I've I've had my fun or you know I've I, I don't uh, whatever reason whatever cop yeah, yeah. there is to get out but, of this because there's know, not a lot of money in this unless that's you know right. I mean there's there's really not this is a project of you know joy you have to like what you, you have to not like you have to okay. love this you know comic yeah, books absolutely. to keep going with this so it's there's there's a level like it's just like anything else like there's anything there's a level where people are making great money and they and those people have always deserved it but you know like uh i was asked i've been asking like oh do you want to write the script for like i don't know how to do that i don't want to do that um i really like this one thing and i'm only really good at this one thing but now that i've, I've been in it for a while like the truth is is like if I could write, like, there's a reason why Ed Brubaker is working on, uh, um, uh, what was the fucking West? No, uh, what's the robot show on HBO? God damn it, Westworld. No, Westworld. yeah, is that the robot show. Yeah, that's a robot. Yeah, that's, that's a robot it's show. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm certain, like, it's like, like, there's a reason why comics people are, are taking these opportunities. There's a reason why they go into animation is because the truth is, is like, I can, I get paid to write um, a 90 second TV spot for Rick and Morty, 90 seconds, right? That's okay. A, that's that's a page and a half. Okay, that's okay. a page and a half, and I made more than what I make for a year of writing for the comic book. That's that's crazy. So, so you you get these opportunities, and certainly the next if if old head gets optioned, I would I will definitely be like, can I write the first draft because it's a lot of money. But I only really like this. Like this is the thing that has taken over my life. I love sitting at my desk. I love thinking of stories. I love talking to my peers about once I have that, whatever that sure next story is, because I spend a lot of time breaking story uh, on my own. It's a very lonely job, but I like that too. I like sitting quietly in this corner and making things, making things real. I love, uh, I love making the story come to life on the page. I love everything about it. And the, the thing is, if, if it's right, I have complete control over it, right? Yes. And you go to these other things that pay a lot of money and you don't have that. You don't have that anymore. You have to deal with 16 producers and the director and then the actors who are going to want to, you know, ad lib are it's animation and they need to change it because it'd be easier to do it this way. Or maybe this ship should be this color. It's like once those things, the thing about comics is that it's, it's a lot of work for one person to do in this case, two people, which is optimal for me because <laughs> I'm very tight. Hey, but the thing is, is that I have complete control of my story. I'm going to tell the story exactly the way I want to with only one other person, really, if I'm working with an artist who's going to interpret my words, um, who can possibly change that. But optimally, if you're working with an Eric Anderson or Chris Schweitzer or Mark Ellerby at Rick and Morty, uh, I worked with Gabo and Dead Winter, those guys, those guys get it and they make the thing come alive. Um, that's what I love about comics. Would I, would I work on a writer's room? I, I would, but I would only do it for the money. You know what I mean? Gotcha. No, no, I totally know what you mean. I, I 100%. Yeah, if in three years, like, no one's, if Skybound's done with me and Image is done with me, in three years, I'll still be making these comics at home because I just love doing it. I just love telling stories like this. And the hope is, and with Old Head, is, like, I'm telling stories that are unique, which I believe I am. Um, I'm, I'm doing things that feel familiar but are done in a way that's different than everybody else. It's... I think that's important for the future of comics, but I think also it's like I'm making the thing that I want to exist in the world, and I think there's a lot of people like me who like the same things, and I think there's a, a ton of people who like good stories who will appreciate what I'm doing, and that's really what I want. I want to make these things, and I want people to see them, and everything else is secondary, um, but I would like to keep making money.
<laughs> that's awesome man. well we're not we're not uh we're not judging you for that that's for damn sure we we like money too we like money that's so cool man well this has been very well let me ask you this so um you're clearly very busy you've got 13 books in uh just a few years um well, do you have time to read I mean, it's it's past the '90s now. <laughs> Comics have gotten better. I assure you. <laughs> I, I, I definitely don't get to read as much as I'd like to. Generally, anything anything that a lot of people are talking about, I read. I haven't read um, Big Two comics in a long time. Okay. Um, but like, uh, like I just got back from New York Comic Con, and I got like a, a stack of books that I I've only read Murder Falcon out of. Um, which is very good. It's my favorite comic up. ever written, ever, and I and I mean that. Out of uh, the history of comics ever, Murder Falcon is my all-time fucking favorite thing ever. You, it's amazing. You've read Extremity, right? Extremity? Yes. Extremity? Yes. Yep. I've done two podcasts on Extremity. <laughs> Daniel Warren Johnson, I think, is the best artist working in comics right now, and he's a way better writer than any. No one should be that good at both things, really. No. Nope. Very... He he he's a monster. He is my I... he is my dream interview. He is my favorite thing in working oh, right now. He's, he's he's honestly one of the, he's maybe the nicest guy in comics. That's, that's not, uh, he's that's, super nice. I, I I could nitpick a couple of things at the end of that book, um, but I think overall, like Murder Falcon, um, very much is doing, which is like let's just do eight issues and tell a full story and get out. My thing is full. I like beginning, middles, and ends. And Murder Falcon, I, like it shows you, like look, it's eight, it's eight issues. Look how good that is. It eight issues? It's eight issues, right? Yep, eight and issues. Like, that's it, it, man. It's, it's just the perfect read for one evening, and it's so much fun. Um, it, but I, I just read that. But I have like, what do I have over here? I have the new Kaiju Max. Kaiju Max is amazing. Um, okay. I have a Oblivion song because that's my boss at Skybound. That's Kirkman's book, and the first volume was very good. <laughs> uh, I I love but have not read uh, the new Headlopper. Andrew McLean also is one of the best guys in comics, and I think one of the most talented. Um, if you're, you if you like Murder Falcon, you'll love Headlopper. It's very, uh, it's it's cool, uh, and the art's amazing. Um, I always forget whenever people are like, what are you reading? I always forget like a bunch of guys. Um, uh, Kaiju Max is always a good one. Kaiju Max is great. Uh, Headlopper is great. I really enjoy uh, Matt Rosenberg's indie stuff. Uh, Four Kids Walking to a Bank is very yes. good. Um, I read his Punisher run and it was very good also. I'm friends with uh, Matt Rosenberg. It was, oh, it was Marvel's best book. Marvel's best book just came to an end this month. So, I is mean. Yes, pun exactly, Punisher. I know, it's, I it, it, it'll, it'll be back, don't worry. It'll be back in a week. Uh, new number it. one, new writers. J.O.B. Dynamics uh, on Punisher. Uh, uh, all Garth, Garth, Garth Ennis, actually. <laughs> Garth, oh, is Garth right? Ennis is taken back, yeah. <laughs> good for Garth. Good, good, for him getting, good for Ennis getting that work. Um, well, he's got, it's hard to, I mean, you wouldn't think that you'd have, you'd be saying Garth Ennis has big Punisher shoes to fill. Because Matthew well, fucking no, Rosenberg. <laughs> no, no. Matt Rosenberg had to step into Garth Ennis' shoes. There's a... Yes. Uh, there's a Punisher omnibus that was uh, Marvel's, like, their adult... It's like whatever saga was on, or whatever the fucking detective lady on Netflix... Was it Saga, right? It's called Saga. Yeah. I'm not making that up. Whatever label that was, Garth Ennis did a Punisher. That's a very... That's my daughter, who I told to be very quiet during this entire recording. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, but no, he did it like that Garth Ennis run, which is they're gonna get an omnibus. The omnibus of his Punisher run is unbelievable. Like Punisher fights a bear at one point. It's Buck Wild. It's everything you'd want from Garth Ennis, but it's the Punisher. I feel like prior to Garth Ennis, if you'd be like, what's the best Punisher run? It was all very. It's like, well, you know, Romita drew it for a minute, um, but that was the first one where you're like, these like however many issues it was, like these are great. But again, I think Rosenberg is so talented. Uh, I think Dinah Cates, too. Like, Dinah Cates' God Country and Rednecks are very good. Oh, um, so good. I'm trying to think of what came out recently, because I know I read something, but it's very few and far between. It's it's Because it's, especially, I've, I've just reached a point where, um, you know, the Rick and Morty series is ending at 60, and this is my thing, which I'm done drawing. So it's like, now I'm just promoting this thing. Uh, and then I have the next book I'm doing lined up, but I also want to do another one of these. Um, so I'm right now actually not very busy, but I'm about to hopefully be very busy. Um, so I have this stack of books I'm going to read because uh, I've been waiting to read. Uh, Murder Falcon, I waited for the trade and didn't realize it didn't. I had to wait longer because I tried to get it a couple of months ago and didn't realize it wasn't out yet. Mm -hmm. 
But Daniel's very good. I recommend, like, Extremity's un- unbelievable. Yeah, and he's getting ready to do the DC Black Label Wonder Woman story. I'm not a Wonder Woman fan, great. but I know I'm fixing to be because yeah, Dan- Daniel, Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah, he's real good. It'll be great. And good for, like, you know, he started, it's like he's drawn things. There's a book he did with Donnie Cates called Ghost Fleet. Mm-hmm. And that's like so long ago before either was anybody. And it, yeah. just imagine if in 2020 you could get a Daniel Warren Johnson, Donnie Cates book together. Like how just unbelievably good that book would be. It'll never happen. Like, there's not enough money in the world. No, uh, there's not. Yeah, I, and Daniel likes writing his own art, too. That's that's the other thing. From my understanding, he, he just prefers to do it all. Just like he, I mean, but Mike Spicer is coloring, buddy. That motherfucker, <laughs> he takes him along, too. And that dude, that dude's a, he's a beast right behind him, man. Oh, they yeah, complement you know, each other so well. That's the thing you hope for. And like that, you know, I feel, I feel that way with, with, uh, I'm about to do another book with Chris Schweitzer, who did Mars Attacks. It's like, there's a certain, like, you want to find the people who get you. And you don't have to work on making the thing. And I think if you find the right people, like Matt Wilson and Chris Somney and Mark Wade, like there's certain things that just they go together. Like, can you yeah. imagine someone coloring Somney besides Matt Wilson? Because I, I could not. Like Matt Wilson's so good at coloring Chris Somney. Why would you have anyone else color Chris Somney? Well, that's that's kind of no how I feel about uh, Punisher now with Antonio Fabello and Zamir Kodansky, man, behind Rosenberg. It was just they all. It was I feel like Rosenberg had to do so little because it was just. I mean, it's it's a Punisher book, so there's not going to be a whole lot of dialogue. It's going to be mostly no, explosions and grunting. But he, it, but the scenario was so everything about he, Rosenberg did very 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 clever story stuff with that book. Yes, um, but I'm sure a lot. If you have a listen, if you have a, if you have a great art team. Um, that's what I would say. Like, I'm my favorite artist to work with because it always looks exactly the way I wanted it to, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not the mm-hmm. best artist by even close, but there's a lot to be said about it. It's always exactly what I want it to be. Um, but yeah, if you find a great writing team, um, Eller, like, someone asked me about scripts on a, because I'm doing a bunch of pr- promotion for Old Head, um, asked me about scripts. It's like, well, for my stuff, Old Head, Sex Castle, Rock Candy Mountain, Kill Them All, I didn't write a script. I just think about them a lot. I just think about them a lot. Until I know the full story, beginning, middle, and end, and then I bring it to life, right? But when I write scripts, if you have someone who's very, very talented, like Mark Ellerby, or uh, Schweitzer, or uh, basically everyone I've worked with, honestly, I've been really lucky. Like my panel descriptions are very sparse. I say very, very little because I know they'll get it. If I have a very, very specific thing, then maybe I'll do a little more, or maybe I'll do a reference picture. But I don't Alan Moore a script at all because if you have a good team, they know what they're supposed to do, and if they don't know, then there's a conversation. And if they're good, then they get it, right? Like, um, if you have a good team, you have to do very little, um, except for be clever. Like, just have a clever situation, yes. try to have some clever dialogue, and they will carry you because that's their job. And if they're very good at their job, it'll be a good book. Those guys are great. I, the Punisher book was really, I was, I, was, I was really pleased because I like Matt personally so much. And I thought, um, uh, I can't think of his first book because uh, I'm tired. Uh, the two books he did with Black Mask or whatever, kids, uh, something go home. You can never go home. I think that's right. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah. That and Four Kids Walking the Big, they're just so good. Like, they're brilliant books. They're really clever. The characters are great. They're told in an interesting manner, which is, a, is sort of experimental, but not very, not enough to be off-putting uh, to someone who doesn't want to have any of that. Like, he's really a talented writer. Uh, so it's great to read Punisher and be like, oh, man, good. Like, he's, it's legit. You know what I mean? Like, he's legit good. It's hard to believe that because I mean he writes Punisher. He's my favorite writer of Kingpin ever. There's nobody that writes the character Kingpin ever. And then you meet him because I've had the chance to meet him, and he's the nicest fucking guy that's ever shook my hand. It's like how do you write these? This e- I mean, I I wouldn't say Frankie's evil, but he's definitely ruthless, the most ruthless out there. Um, and but then Kingpin, I mean, he is just flat out fucking evil and ruthless. And then you're talking to yeah. Matthew Rosenberg. You're like, dude, you're the nicest guy. Where is this coming uh, from? <laughs> he'd steal your wallet. Matt Rosenberg would take your wallet. Oh yeah. If, if you had a, if you had a chocolate milkshake, he would take it right out of your hands. That's a fact. Dude, he wouldn't he take any money from me. He would. I tried to give him money. He wouldn't even take it. But I don't know. Maybe he did when I wasn't looking. I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah, he got your he got your wallet. That's why he didn't want your money. No, I'm just <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 awesome, man. Uh, well, I definitely, I mean, we've talked about Matthew Rose, but we've got a lot out of you. That's for sure. Old head, talk, get old head yes. on Kickstarter through November second. It's so yes. good. It's so much fun. Link's- There's a cool pin. There's a cool shirt. 
kit. There's original art pages. Get that book. It's so yummy. Dude, you get your copy signed. My like the the twenty five dollars yeah, you signed. get it signed. Yes, that's so fucking awesome. Who's doing that? No one's taking the time to do that. I've, uh, you know, I'm kind of new to this Kickstarter thing as of this year. I think you're the fifth person I backed, and no one sent me anything signed yet. So really? that's no, oh, yeah. What the shit, man? It'll what be signed. I, yes. I sometimes like sometimes I because I, like I'm really in a habit of doing remarks. Um, which is like tiny little drawings. I don't want to be like I'm definitely doing tiny little drawings. But if like as I start, like I I figure out I can draw like Dracula in like half a second, then they'll have little remarks in them too. But I don't know about that. Uh, well, that. either I, way, I like, I like that type of stuff. Everything should be signed. I've never not signed something. I signed 500 books for my last Kickstarter. Oh, dude. Well, that that's awesome. You're definitely getting your money's worth. That's for sure. 100%. Uh, you've already got my money. I know my listeners. There's there's a few of them out there, that's for sure. And I know a few of them are going to hop on. And trust me, trust me, it's 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 good. I've already, I've got to look at the black and white version. And oh, man, I've got, uh, what was it, 20 pages in? And I couldn't even count how many giggles. If there was a giggle meter, it would have been broken. <laughs> It's good stuff, man. I definitely dig the jokes and everything about it. And, you know, being a, a person that has, you know, just ties to basketball in general, it's going to have a soft spot for it. And Space Jam. Enough said, right? Fucking Space Jam. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. And go back. Read the other stuff. I know I'm going to, uh, I'm guilty of, you know, not having your whole, uh, <laughs> your whole ography in, in my brain here, but I'm definitely exactly. checking out. Yes. <laughs> if, if you like, if you like assassination, I think if you like any one thing that I've done, if you like assassination, if you like Mars Attacks, even I think if you if you are like, oh, I'm a big fan of the Rick and Morty stuff because Rick and Morty is real similar to what I. That's why I've done it for so long. Well, it's, is that it's they, true to the the source material too. You don't believe that you you were just given these characters and say, now put these in a story. No, you you feel like okay, well, I don't have Rick and Morty for a couple of years. Read the fucking comic, and you're getting the same Rick and Morty. Essentially, I mean. It's if yeah. it's very very true. That's for sure. Yeah. So that's what I say. If you like any of those things, even Rick and Morty, I think you would like any other single thing that I've done. Um, Sex Castle, Rock Candy Mountain, Old Head, uh, Assassination, Mars Attacks. Very good. Super good. Highly recommended. Go check awesome. them out. Get them. Maybe your library has them. If not, you can get them on Amazon or Comixology. My name's Kyle Starks. You know what? If you want to follow me on social media, I'm the Kyle Starks everywhere. Find me on social media. Let's be friends. Let's do that. Let's yes, everybody be friends. This is a <laughs> this is this has been awesome, man. Very enlightening. Thank you so much, Kyle Starks, for coming on. It's yeah, this is thanks been for having fun. me, man. Yes, and if there's anything I, that you ever want to promote down the line, and you just want to talk comic shit, you know, you're you're always welcome on this show. I appreciate that, bud. That's very kind, and thanks uh, for all your listeners taking the time. Right on, man. Right on. Well, you sir, enjoy your evening. I know it's getting uh, it's getting late. And there was crashing that happened. You probably need to go check on your daughter. <laughs> she's, you, she's all right. I looked at her. Right on, man. Right on. Well, you enjoy the rest of your evening, sir, and thanks for coming on. Cheers, sir. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, you have a good one. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'd like to remind you, you can support this podcast by becoming a Patreon you will get your money's worth, patreon.com slash cheers to comics. If you're not into supporting financially, you can do so simply by dropping a review wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's iTunes or Podbean, however you can leave any type of feedback, whether it's a little heart or an episode comic, anything you can. It really, really does help the, the, the growth of this show. So you don't, you don't have to support financially to, to back this by any means whatsoever. Uh, but you will get your money's worth by becoming a patron. <laughs> uh, questions, comments, concerns, please hit me up at Cheers to Comics on Twitter. And there's also Facebook and Instagram where you can get all socialized with me. Or you could drop an email at Cheers to Comics Podcast at gmail.com if you have something to say in over 200. 40 characters, or whatever the fuck Twitter allows. So, with all that being said, it was a pleasure talking with Kyle Starks. Fucking madman in this industry. So goddamn good. You nerds, read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers.
Hey, this is Liz. Hey, this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We are talking Star Wars, Star Trek, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. See you soon.